Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. But uh, we want to welcome you back to season three of the Dirt Road Circuit Riders podcast. I'm Doug Rutledge, and I am hosting uh, as moderator today. That's I'm the chief cook and bottle washer for the technological part of this. Doug, the speaker guy. And Doug as the speaker guy. <laughs> and as always, uh, I'm here with my good friends Steve McVeigh and Mike Hool. Season three, they said it would never last. I, yeah, You know, it dawned on me for two seasons, we never acknowledged our producer. So special shout out to Leanne Swihart, who listens to every podcast faithfully six, seven, 12 times. She's a very wise woman at yeah. this point. And a very patient woman. Yes. And the uh, incredible voice of our, uh, our narrator, Carl Miller, who does this for us. And uh, what a great voice he has. I think, actually, I should just script what I say and hand it to Carl, and I would sound way better. I have a secret desire to actually be, uh, you know, Carl Miller. So there shout out go. to Carl. Hey, b- welcome back, guys. Hey, it's good to be back. And it is so awesome that COVID is over. Have you know? I mean, we are post-COVID ministry now, right, guys? Whoa, wait, what? I don't think so, folks. I don't know about you. I can't believe we're still talking about this. <laughs> it's COVID 21, 22, 23, 24. And I and I believe because of the nature of viruses, it, yes. it'll be with us. This this is this is uh, something we just need to understand, and, and that's not depressing. That's the new reality. So, yeah. so you mean this isn't something that I just had to get through? Like if I just held my breath long enough, I would be through it. And and you know, it's over now, and we have post COVID ministry, and everything's going to go back to exactly how it was, and I can be comfortable again, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I, it is. <laughs> I think that's what we are all believing. <laughs> Do you know? So this is a segue, and uh, everything in my life is a segue. I live my life tangentially. That's what I do. I know it's a surprise to Do you, you have guys. A dictionary, Mike. I need a dictionary. I, I <laughs> dug t- the speaker guy he, here. He uses big words. Yes, he does. Okay. Well, <laughs> I live in northern Wisconsin. I, I, I'm lost. So uh, I don't know if you know this, but this is this is an interesting question. You were talking about holding your breath and getting through COVID, uh, and you know, just if you hold your breath long enough, you can. Do you know what the world record for holding your breath underwater is? Give it a shot. Well, first of all, I'm a little bit intrigued that there's, uh, is there a record for holding your breath above water and below water? Well, I, I my, don't know. My, my question is, if you failed at that, the results <laughs> would be very disastrous. If you fail at that, yeah. So <laughs> you, the rule is you have to come up because <laughs> otherwise the record's still going. So how long I mean, is it, Doug? I'm interested. How long is it? Okay. I, I need to hear a guess. I want to um, hear what you think. Uh, you know, world record here. Two seven, minutes. I don't know. Seven, seven minutes. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. Okay. You guys are wrong. <laughs> There's a shock. He took great delight in telling us I that. I did because it's so astounding. Um, 
So the actual world record is 24 and a half minutes. Wow. wow. I, I know you're thinking that can't be. He sure didn't pass it, out. And when it was over, he wrote not. a book called Heaven is for Real. Right. No, he didn't. No, he didn't pass out. He uh, maintained. But uh, so it's interesting because I've been doing a little bit of this uh, study on for whatever reason. There was. Uh, so David Blaine, who is an illusionist, did not. He set the world record, but it's not currently his. Set the, the world record at 17 and a half minutes. And he'd failed a number of times, which means you pass out. Uh, but people think, well, what's the trick? What's the trick? There are a couple tricks. Number one, he practiced for 10 years. For one hour, the first hour of every day, he would hold his breath and breathe as little as possible in that hour. And so for 10 years, suffered excruciating headaches, uh, <laughs> passed out. You know, people would find him on the floor. And uh, over the, that time, developed this ability. But he still couldn't really get to the world record until he uh, cooled the water. And so he dropped the temperature of the tank he was in um, to, to near freezing, and his body metabolism came down. That just seems like insult to injury, jumping in an ice, ice tub and I holding your breath. I think you actually explained probably what we need to do for COVID. Holding <laughs> you your breath tub. for an hour, massive headaches. Right, right. And, and all of a sudden, we need to cool the water. Oh, um, I was thinking, we want to know, what is your commitment to Jesus? David Blaine, yeah, well, it, he's I mean, it's committed. Right? Are you committed to Jesus? Because our job here at Circuit Riders is to make you feel guilty. This <laughs> we better get into our topic Whoa. today, guys. Once bit, again, we apologize. A little bit of Kansas sarcasm coming <laughs> yeah, at us. So, right. uh, hey, just take a second to remind people if we are, just take a second. And then uh, we'll start into today's topic, which essentially, uh, I, I love the concept. It's to assess the mess. Look. You know, where are we? Let's take stock. Let's figure out what we're doing. <laughs> Let's figure out what we're doing currently. So uh, introduce yourself and then we'll go on. Hey, I am Steve McVeigh. I'm from Lamont, Kansas. I uh, work with a ministry called Dirt Roads Network. We uh, plant and revitalize rural and small town churches around the country. I'm Mike Hool. I'm from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. You got to say that correctly, not Chippewa. It's Chippewa. And um, I am part of the Vineyard Movement. I am the small town specialist lead team member there, along with pastoring a rural church um, here in Wisconsin. Uh, I'm Doug Rutledge. I'm the uh, executive president of Crossroads Farm, which is a, a, an outsourced rural youth ministry. We are in two locations currently opening our third location in Harrison County, Ohio. So we uh, are moving beyond that, and it looks like that, that'll be my job for a few years is to see how many of these uh, Crossroads Farms we can spin off and uh, do effective ministry in it. So that's what I do. I'm the lone youth ministry voice uh, in a world of church planters and pastors. Absolutely. And our, our topic today, Assess the Mess, is... First of all, just an acknowledgement. We sort of kidded about COVID at the beginning. We're done with COVID. And when we say we're done with COVID, we don't mean that we're not going to take precautions. I'm not, we're not going to tell you. We're, we're not medical doctors, so you're not going to get medical advice today. We're not constitutional lawyers. We're not going to give you constitutional advice today. But where we are is that this is, this is no longer something that we're going through. We're just in a new reality. And how do we go forward? And when you're in a new situation, the first thing you do is just assess where you are. What I'd like you to do, just as we get started today, and this is a, most, most country churches that I know that are successful have a long list of names of everyone who's a part of their church, 
And then every Sunday, Michael, do you guys do this? You, you don't just count like, okay, there were 60 people in church today. You have 60 names. You know who was there. We have a good sense of that. And so we have, at Lamont, we have a, a checkoff list. And so what I, I would like to just, as we get started today, Pastor, you could even turn this podcast off for just a moment and come back to this. List everybody who was a part of your congregation January 2020 before the fun began and get a sense of who all was a part of it, and then we're going to assess the mess. Where are they today? And I think that's really true. We, we call it families here. And, yeah. And, and it's a, it was any real context is like family-driven. So if you're like one person, you're a family in our church. And we just did this exercise just recently over the summer, and it was fascinating because we had three tiers of people. We mm. had people who had come back and were cons- sort of consistently attending church. And pastors, you're going to relate to this real quick. Uh, we had a second tier that we've seen them a couple times throughout this, or maybe a half dozen times or a dozen times. They're, so they're still part of our church community, but they haven't like really showed up consistently. And they're this part of people like, we're not sure if they even exist anymore, a group of yeah, people. absolutely. And they're I, ghosting us. And I, th- and I think we had to figure out, like, what did that mean? And I think that was a really good assessment of, of showing who we were as a church compared to January 1st, or I even go back to even March 1st of um, yeah, 2020 absolutely. and see from compare that to, and you, I think you'd be surprised. And I think it's a good way to actually base reality of life on. Yeah. So let's, I, there's, there's four categories I think today that we'd like to talk about. And, and what we're going to do is describe that category and then maybe suggest some things that we do with people that are in that category. And again, we're assessing the mess, not because we're wanting to live in the past, but because it's time to step forward. Yeah, I think we want to be hopeful and we want to be positive. So uh, hear hope in this. For the next you know, 10, 12 minutes, we're going to speak into the hope of, uh, of the call of the pastorate. And I, that's what's exciting to me. For this time, we're called. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And so the first category would be the faithful. I mean, these are the people who have stuck with you. These are the people who, if they attend online, they still communicate with you. Have you guys have guys like that where, hey, pastor, we want you to know maybe we're uncomfortable coming to service today, but we're on board. We, we, we are a part of this team. And I would recommend if you don't know that, check that out. And, and you don't have to yes. like ask them if they're coming to church. Like We did a simple exercise here with 22 families who we hadn't seen. Or hadn't seen like maybe once randomly. We're wondering, are they still there? And you're wondering probably the same thing. And we just sent a simple message like, how can we pray for you? What's going on in your life? Kept it really basic. This sounds like a practical moment, but I think it's important. And out of the 22, 20 of them got back immediately. And one got back like a week later. And the one we don't know what happened to. But it was interesting. 20 of them are like, yeah, we're still on board. And I think you might be surprised by that. And that gives you a little bit of hope. Can we run down the whole list so I know what category to sure, put people absolutely. in? That's, that's what I really want to do sure. is run down that whole list. Yeah, I'll do that for you real quick. Okay. So there's going to be the faithful. Then we're going to go to Luke chapter 15. And understandably, Luke chapter 15 is about a relationship with Jesus, and this is more about a relationship with our congregation. So we're not here to judge people. This is more of just a category that helps me understand what uh, where a person is. And so we're going to have the lost sheep. We're going to have the lost coins. And we're going to have the prodigal sons. And, and so those are, those are the things in front of us. The faithful, what I'd like to suggest with the faithful, and I just don't want to turn this into a sermon from Steve McVeigh, but with the faithful, here's the thing. Those folks need your gratitude, and they need your transparency. Yeah. They have taken arrows for you. I See, I get to travel around, 
and, and listen to lay people when I visit a church, when I'm doing a, a, a work with a church. And, and when I get alone with them, they'll tell me the pastor doesn't have any idea some of the things that are being said about them. Right. And we are defending them. And, and they want to know where the pastor is. The pastor needs to be transparent. This is your group. This is like a Gideon moment. You know who your people are right now. That's really good, Steve, and I think that's true. And be appreciative of them. Simple thank yous, just letting them know that, hey, we love you, you, you know, thank you for your support. And I think when you can do that, that's your kind of your starting base of like who you are and what we're about. Yeah. I would say, Pastor, anything that you wish your congregation was doing for you right now, do for those faithful. Exactly. And I think that's the key element is we need to do what we'd want done for us. And then like really then... And look for the ones that you want to really invest in out of that. Because I think there's some real true, I think God has given you some gifts you might be missing out of them because you don't take them for granted. It's like, don't take your spouse for granted kind of theory. Like, don't miss that chance because they really are part of your family and they really do care. So uh, one of the things that I'm listening to, and I'm hearing you guys say this, is that uh, we we probably shouldn't uh, assume who the faithful are. There are a lot of misunderstandings. Yes. You know, people are missing but let's not assume they're not faithful because they're missing. And I'm surprised at how many people, it'll be four or five weeks and they've been gone, and I'll realize they've been gone for four or five weeks because our lives are so caught up in the swirl of keeping afloat. And I'm just going to be honest, and this is for the sake of, of people listening, you might be decimated emotionally by this. I know that that all of us sitting at this table are feeling the wear and tear and grind and emotional turmoil and depression and all of that. I, uh, I said to Dawn just a few days ago, I feel depressed. I can't believe we're still dealing with masks and mandates and vaccines and multiple, you know, and none of that is political. It's just an extra wear and tear. Absolutely. And, and we've had revenge travel. I mean, every, you know, people are camping more. People haven't been able to go on vacation. It's hard to know who is faithful these days. And let me give you a quick story. Um, we had a, a, a lady who was really faithfully attended before COVID. We haven't seen her since. And um, we'd reached out a few times and experienced it. And the interesting part about this is, uh, turns out her job switched. And she was working Sunday mornings. She heard her back, listened online. I got this beautiful message from her just Sunday afternoon, and I thought, oh, I forgot about her. Literally, in the process of this whole thing, like, and it was embarrassing because I thought, she's probably very faithful. Like, the mess, the, the, was such an encouraging note. And I think you might be surprised, Pastor, who is for you. And, and, you know, that really, Mike, that really just segues perfectly into the other categories because there are some who are lost sheep. Now, as I see, as I think about a lost sheep, a lost sheep isn't someone who left mad or anything like that, but they have their head down. They're just they're they're dealing with what's right in front of them, and somehow they got separated from the flock. There's been all sorts of distractions, and as you look at that list, who are the lost sheep? Who who they've just they've just sort of wandered away. And I'm curious, guys, what do you think? Like, if a person's a lost sheep, how do I react to that right now? What do I do with people? They've just gotten distracted. And, and maybe, quite frankly, they've just discovered that camping on weekends is a little better than, <laughs> than mm-hmm. or, you know, and they, they started attending online, and then, uh, then they started watching later, and now maybe they're not as engaged. What do I do with those lost sheep? Well, we're talking about assessing the mess, right? So the, so the first thing that we have to understand is how they feel and why they feel that way. And 
I, what I want to do is I want to speak into what used to happen in 19, in 2019, you know, I want to speak into that. I want to say, well, let's just get back together. And there are people, frankly, and some for very, very good reasons who are afraid of getting together because their health is at risk. These are the new shut-ins, the old Mm. shut-ins in 2019, we would go and visit, but now we can't, we're, we're not even thinking about them as being shut-ins. We're thinking about them as being rebels and unfaithful. And, and they have a lack of faith if they're unwilling to come to my church. Right. <laughs> this is, I, so bear with me here, but I think this is the modern equivalent of being a snake handling church. We have gone full, full into, if you really believe in God, you're going to come and handle the snake oh called COVID. Goodness. Drink the poison. Yeah. I mean, uh. Now, okay, Steve, people, are, people are turning off the podcast. Okay. Why? Because they're snake handlers. They should yes. stop snake handling. I'm scared of snakes. So stop snake handling. Garters are okay. The the thing is, is that the lost sheep does may need some correction. Right, I mean, the Robin right. staff. They right. you know, but they they what they need is a compassionate shepherd to go get them. Right. Right. And I and I think that's a, that's the beauty of the lost sheep is they might not even know they're lost. And well. Yeah, I agree. So here's my question. So what does a pastor need to do to instill trust in the sheep? Because I have a steer and my steer used to trust me, but at some point, I don't know what See happened. where that got him though? Yeah, he no, trusted Doug. He and trusted me. He's and, a steer. And well, he's a steer and, and now he doesn't trust me as much. And I have to work really hard on that relationship or else I'm going to have a, you know, a 1,500, 2,000 pound steer that no. doesn't want to go somewhere. And I will not be able to lead the steer. Doug, what you have is hamburger. Okay. But anyway, Good let's steak. move on. Yeah. Yep. Well, okay. But, <laughs> but I still got to get him in the trailer I, I, to have anything. Yes. What you have to do with those, what we're saying with those lost sheep is we have to invest in them relationally right. and we have to try to bring them back. This next category is almost like it. Okay. okay. The lost coin. But here's the deal with the lost coin. Like if you read that carefully, yeah. a lost coin doesn't lose itself. <laughs> it is lost through negligence. And I hate talking about this stuff with pastors because we all know the historical context that this was probably part of the 10 coins that was right. a part of the dowry and all that kind of stuff. So sure. it, it had great value, but it wasn't treated as if it had great value and it got lost. And all of a sudden I have to do online services. All of a sudden, you know, ministry is crazy. Mm-hmm. And there were those fringe people there that we were working with. And I want to be honest, I forgot them. They're lost because I dropped the ball. What do we do with those folks, guys, as we look at that list? Well, I know what Mike did. He found his cell phone after it traveled around on his car oh all day yesterday. It, other story. It, was, it wasn't mine. It was my wife's cell phone. Let the records clearly state. Again, yes. this um, is a miraculous yeah. podcast yeah. because yes. Mike had a cell phone on the tr- on the trunk of his car. On the top of the trunk of the car and yeah. drove how many miles? Oh, I drove three miles and yes. I drove down a hill through a roundabout, yes. four stop and go lights, um, and I, uh, went over a bridge. Yeah. He has that progressive app that was tracking his driving and he wanted low car insurance. So he drove easy. Uh, I, I, you know, I just presume I'm a great driver. Well, no, well, um, lost coin. I'm, so, so I, lost coin. So I will tell you about the lost coin and it relates to this cause I was unaware that the phone was on the trunk of my car and yeah. my wife who was frantically calling me looking for her phone. I said, there's no way it's in the trunk of the car. And I think it relates to the lost coins like this, the careless use of not paying attention and assuming 
just assuming that, hey, they're not coming back or assuming things that we, we think about others and say, well, hey, or you forgot about them and then all of a sudden you realize that. I think it starts with very simply the lost coin of admitting that, taking yeah. ownership, and then like reaching out. Um, hard conversations are not fun. But yeah. but saying hey you know what hey we you know hey sorry we haven't you know reached out to you in a while and just kind of owning that a little bit and then in love and compassion kind of inviting them back in in a, in a way that's open and true and and I I think when you do those things you'll be pleasantly surprised some lost coins are going to come back to you I, yeah. I'm I'm very confident in that I believe that and and the thing is I just think a full throated apology is the way to go and you know none of us knew. None of us have been trained to, to handle a pandemic. We made some mistakes, but go back and find and celebrate those lost coins. Really put my energy into that. And I think it's really important that you do do that apology, but I also think it's important, like you just own your reality that, hey, you make mistakes, you struggle. And I think when you show the realness and humanness of that, people really appreciate that. And I think you're going to be really surprised because some of those people, like maybe they attended your church, maybe they were a visitor. They weren't even in French. Maybe they were right. a visitor. They they came like the first few months, and all of a sudden you just kind of like lost them in the in the mess of yep. just trying to survive yourself. Let's just be honest, Pastor. A little grace for you there. Yep. Just as a pastor myself, trying to survive of not trying to drown mm-hmm. was important. Like I couldn't hold my breath for twenty four minutes. Um, but the reality is, you need to take that time to do that with them. Right. And and I think you're going to be really surprised the value you're going to receive in that. And they're they're lonely too. I mean, all of us are just we, we're all just desperate for real authentic relationships. Yeah, there's three things going on right now. People are yeah. tired, they're depressed, and they're lonely. If yep. if if the coin is valuable, I need to look for it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So let's let's start there. There's th- this is great news. This yeah. is something I can do. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, right? So it's true. something I can do. I I don't have to I don't have to wonder about how this is going to work out. I, I think the first three categories are there's really action oriented those three categories that you can do something very practically, very simply, and you could like do it tomorrow. Can we move on, along? Uh, we only have a couple of minutes to wrap up, and there's this uh, this third this, part of or, or the, yeah the, 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 the third fourth, part of Luke 15. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing: you don't have to take any action on this one. No, I'm just okay. So there are people and and. Can pastors, let's, let's just talk right into your heart for just a minute. There are people that you loved, people that you cared for, people that were like children to you. Okay, let's just put it how it is. They were family, and you made a decision, and we're not going to go through the list of decisions. We all know that there's like 50 million things that you had to get exactly right to keep them in your church. They are not lost. They're not the lost sheep. They're not the lost coin. They know where they are. They know where you are. They know how to get to where you are, and they are choosing not to be there. And if I may be so bold as to say, I need to keep my heart warm for them. If they come back, I'm ready to celebrate. I'm ready to, to put the ring back on their finger, but I am not going to lift a finger to chase them. I have lost coin and lost sheep to go after, and that's what I'm going to do. And I have the faithful there too as well. Yeah, Absolutely. That is fantastic. Uh, this is a wrap on the first uh, of our Dirt Road Circuit Riders podcast. And like always, Steve McVeigh, Mike Houle, Doug Rutledge, we are, uh, we are thankful that you joined us today. Thanks for the investment. Thanks to Leanne Swihart, our producer. And thanks also to the voice of the Dirt Road Circuit Riders podcast, Carl Miller. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you in a couple weeks. See you later. See you on the road. The 
Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee, supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at ThinkOrange.com, wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at CrossroadsFarm.org. Vineyard Small Town USA. Vineyard Small Town USA, equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus, making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash USA. Crossroads Farm, working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.crossroadsfarm.org Dirt Roads Network, transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities. www.dirtroadsnetwork.com For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails.